Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to turn back to our favorite church father, Augustine, or Augustine, however you want to say that. We haven't uh, delved into early Christian Platonism in a while, but it's good to refresh our memory to understand that the early church was thoroughly Platonized. And when, when we say this, it's not like when a Calvinist might say of an open theist, oh, your theology resembles some random guy in like the 1400s and therefore you're part of this heresy from the 1400s and, and that's that's your intellectual tradition where you got all your theology. It's nothing like that. Augustine actually wrote us an autobiography. And so it, when you're an open theist, things aren't guesswork. You don't sit around trying to connect vague dots and saying, oh, this led to this. Augustine actually said, here's the books that I got from the Platonists. And here's what I learned from the Platonists. And here's what Christianity added to me. So it's not guesswork. All, all you have to do is know how to read and you're good. If you're an open theist, uh, reading comprehension is your tool set. If you know how to read, you're set. And Augustine was the most influential of the church fathers. And he tells us exactly, precisely what he got from Platonism. And uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting because it's exactly what open theists claim that he got from Platonism. Theories about God, who God is, the substance, nature, and character of God, primary open theist concerns. This is the things that influenced Christianity explicitly. Not guesswork, you just read and he tells you. So let's turn to confessions. Uh, confessions, he's, he's confessing everything, his theology, where he got it. And let's turn to chapter 7, when he's about 30 years of age. And we will look at uh, subsection, subpart 9, is when he starts talking about books of the Platonists. And uh, we'll, we'll just start reading. Therefore you brought in my way, by means of a certain man, an incredibly conceited man. The Platonists were the Calvinists of the day back then, and so they're, they're puffed up with knowledge. And so an incredibly conceited man. Some books of the Platonists translated from Greek into Latin. Remember Augustine, our buddy there, he was not a very big Greek guy. And so he liked the Latin. He didn't like the Hebrew. He wasn't really a biblical scholar. And so uh, he probably enjoyed that Latin. But let us click to those footnotes to try to identify these books. Here's what the author writes and probably shed. The exact identity of these books remains hotly contested, though Augustine may have had some direct contact with Latin translations of Plato. It is far more likely that he is referring here to the writings of Plotinus. We got a few podcasts on Plotinus and to a lesser extent, Pulphery. Again, it is noteworthy that he does not mention the text by name, even though he does not hesitate to name Cicero's Herentius in uh, 3, 4, 7. And so we're talking about the works of Plotinus here. And so when he's talking about the concepts that he got from Plotinus, we need to turn to Plotinus and look to see what exactly his conceptions are. Because in the next sections, he'll quote Bible verses. But what he means by that, you have to find the parallels in Plotinus to know what he's talking about. And it's not going to be guesswork because 
after he references a bunch of Bible verses, he starts talking about piecing all these things together and what they mean to him. And so we, we don't necessarily have to turn to Plotinus to see the parallels of what he means by the statements because he tells us, um, that's just something to keep in mind for this next section, in which he strings together Bible references, but what he means is Platonism. He'll say, this is Platonism, and this is what Christianity added. So this is not going to be guesswork. In them, this is the books of the Platonists, I found, though not in very words, yet the thing itself, as proved by all sorts of reasons, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was made nothing that was made. Remember in our Plotinus episodes, uh, God is this pure substance, pure simplicity, eternal, outside of time, unchanging. He can't have predicates, and the world is spawned by a reflection. And so the world creates itself because it adds complexity, it adds components, it adds emotion. And what becomes spawned is the realm of the intellect. And from the intellect, there's some change that happens, which spawns the world of the souls in which we live. We live in the material world, which is change. Changed, And so the less change you get, the higher you could reascend to the one. And we're going to be seeing a lot of this language coming up here. Scrolling down, and I found in the same writings that the soul of man, though it gives testimony of the light, yet is not itself the light. We are changeable creatures. We're, we're not the pure simplicity that God is. But the word God himself is the true light, which enlightens every man that comes into this world. We have a spark of the divine in us, which allows us to reascend. Remember back to our podcast on origin. Origin believed that uh, not all animals, not all human beings had the spark of the divine. There were animal men around as well. But the, the special enlightened had that spark and were able to return to the one. Augustine he identifies Jesus as that spark which allows us to reascend. We will read that shortly. Scrolling down, but I did not read in those books that he came unto his own and that his own received him not. But as to as many as received him, he gave power to be made sons of God and to them that believed in his name. That's kind of what we're talking about. Jesus is that divine spark which allows us to reascend to the one. Uh, but it, it's not quite explicit here. He's just giving us Bible references. Again, I found in them that the word God was born not of flesh nor blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, but of God. But I did not find that the word became flesh. Remember back to Augustine's work on the Trinity. Jesus is kind of like an avatar creature because God is pure simplicity. This Jesus figure represents God in this hypostasis, but isn't himself the substance of God, which is simple, incommunicable. It's, it's more of an avatar, which allows us, uh, allows us access to that divine world, allows us to transcend. So the word did become flesh, but not in the sense that there's any change or complexity that's added to the one. I found it stated, the works of the plainness, differently and in a variety of ways that the Son, being in the form of the Father, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because by nature he was God, but these books did not tell me that he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, in the habit found as man. So what Christianity adds to Augustine, as he talks about later, is charity, humility, who was Jesus? Jesus was very lowly. Jesus was a peasant. Jesus was crucified, which is not divine in a sense in, in the ancient world. 
Those aren't divine status symbols being executed as a criminal. This humility, this form of a servant, would not be expected, and it was highly ridiculed by the plainness of that time. Oh, your God is is a material man who suffered and died uh, as a Roman prisoner, as a, as a Roman criminal. These types of things were added into what Augustine got from Platonism. So Platonism gave him the idea of God, God's pure simplicity, timelessness, incomprehensibility, and uh, just the, the whole formation of the nature and character of God came from Platonism, but Christianity gave him Jesus. Scrolling down further, I read that your only begotten son was before all times and beyond all times and abides unchangeably co-eternal with you and that his fullness souls receive that they may be blessed. So Jesus is that divine spark. Jesus is uh, perfectly simple with the Father, same substance without components. These are the ideas that he's talking about here. These are the ideas that he finds in Plotinus. And so the, he's not saying, I got these ideas from the Bible. He's saying, I got them from Plotinus, and then the Bible reaffirmed them. He found his proof texts, and we read his proof texts. And so we could, we could look at his proof texts and see if they actually say what he claims they say. But he is a typical Calvinist of the day, and it doesn't matter the context of your proof text. As long as you have a vague proof text that kind of says what you want it to say, he'll take that for his theology. Scrolling down, again, I read in these books that they had changed the glory of thy incorruption into idols and diverse images, into the likenesses of an image of an incorruptible man and of birds and four-footed beasts and of creeping things. And so what he's trying to say here, it's not quite clear, but uh, he criticizes further on that anyone would think that God would have form or shape or body. Those, those properties can't be of God. And so he takes the prohibition of making an image of God as evidence that God doesn't have an image. So that, that's his proof text for that thought. Not explicit here, but explicit later. Scrolling down, we are in uh, subpart 10. This is where things get very interesting. Being admonished by all this to return to myself. Hmm. Huh. Platonistic introspection is what we're going to be talking about really quickly here. Uh, in Platonism, in order to extend to the divine, you had to divest yourself of anything material, any changing. You had to neglect your body. You went into this inward trance in order to reach a meditative state to find truth. And Augustine talks about that throughout the Confessions. If, if you're reading Confessions and you don't understand the Platonic Ascent, you're going to be missing a lot of the things he's saying. He's talking about his inward eye and seeing things in his mind in these trances. He's going into the Platonic Ascent which he describes maybe three times, three times in the confession, and uh, he achieves enlightenment, maybe maybe at least once in his, uh, in his works. It's really hard to achieve in the Platonic system. Hardly any Platonists achieved this enlightenment, this uh, introspective ascent to the one. But that was their primary goal. That's what they wanted to do. I entered into my own depths with you as a guide, and I was able to do it because you were my helper. Oh, God is helping him reach this meditative ascent. I entered, and with the eye of my soul, like my mind's eye, 
Such as it were, I saw your unchangeable light. Oh, he's learning about God's unchangeableness through his introspection. Shining over that same eye of my soul, over my mind. It's not the light of every day that the eye of the flesh can see, nor some greater light of the same order, such as might be if the brightness of our daily light should be seen shining with a more intense brightness and filling all things with its greatness. He's not seen like a physical light. This is a meditative experience. This is a transcendental experience. Your light was not that, but other, altogether other than all such lights. Nor was it above my mind, as oil above water it floats on, nor as the sky is above the earth. It was above because it made me, and I was below because I made by it. He's talking about Platonic hypostasis. Remember the realm of the forms, the realm of the intellect is above the realm of the changing material world. He is transcending levels of being levels of existence he who knows the truth knows that light and he that knows the light knows eternity charity knows it O eternal truth and true love and beloved eternity thou art my god i sigh to thee by day and by night when first i knew thee thou didst lift me up so that i might see that there was something to see but that i was not yet the man to see it and thou didst beat back the weakness of my gaze God beat back the weakness of his gaze, blazing upon me so strongly that I was shaken with love and with dread, and I knew that I was far from thee in the region of unlikeness. And so you got got to transcend to a state of being like God. You have to get rid of your changingness. As if I heard thy voice from on high. So as he's ascending, he's pushed back by God. As if I heard thy voice from on high, I am the food of grown men. Grow and you shall eat me, and you shall not change me into yourself as bodily food, but into me you shall be changed. The, the platonic ascent to the one. And I learned that thou hast corrected man for iniquity, and thou made my soul shrivel up like a cobweb. And I said, Is truth then nothing at all, since it is not extended either through finite spaces or infinite? And thou didst cry to me from afar, I am who am. And I heard thee as one hears in the heart, and there was from that moment no ground of doubt in me. I would more easily have doubted my own life than doubted that truth is, which is clearly seen being understood by the things which are made. Augustine reads the books of the Platonists and uses Christianity for his ascent to confirm his ideas about God, to reach truth about who God is. Then I thought upon those other things that are less than you, and I saw that they neither absolutely are nor yet totally are not. They are, as as much as they are from you, they are not. Inasmuch as they are not what you are, for that truly is which abides unchangeably. So movement is unreality. Anything that changes is unreality. The closer you get to the perfection is the less movement you have, the less material state, the less things that can be defined. As you transcend back to the one, you become less and less changeable. You, you become less and less defined. And movement in Augustine was unreality. He starts talking about evil and evil is lack of the good and so you, evil is not a substance in augustine as opposed to calvin to calvin evil had a evil intent it was something that had volition and power in calvin in augustine evil was lack of the good reading this again 
for that truly is which abides unchangeably. The only truth is unchangeable simplicity in the mind of Augustine. Going down to subpart 12, and it became clear to me that corruptible things are good. If they were supremely good, they could not be corrupted. But also, if they were not good at all, they could not be corrupted. If they were supremely good, they would be incorruptible. If they were in no way good, there would be nothing in them that might corrupt. And so all reality is some sort of intermediate state between the absolute bad or evil and good. There, there's movement in us. We're, we're not devoid of everything good. We, we still have divine forms in us, the divine uh, images in us, which allow us access to these higher intellectual states, these higher ascent levels. But, uh, you know, there is evil in us. The evil is the change. The evil is the material world, which we need to flee. This, this is the goal of every good Platonist. Change for the Platonist is evil. For corruption damages, and unless it diminishes goodness, it would not damage. Thus, either corruption does no damage, which is impossible, or, and this is certain proof of it, all things that are corrupted are deprived of some goodness. Evil is the deprivation of the good. But if they were deprived of all goodness, they would be totally without being. You wouldn't exist if you're deprived of all goodness. Good, goodness gives existence. And supreme existence is unchangeability. This is Augustine. This is what he's getting from the Platonists. This is his theology. God is a perfectly simple, immutable, timeless, partless, without predicates, above all that exists. This is his ideas he got from the Platonists. I think you get the idea, but he spends the whole paragraph talking about these ideas. Going on to part 13, to you then evil utterly is not, and not only to you, but your whole creation likewise. Evil is not, because there is nothing over and above your creation that could break in or derange the order that you imposed upon it. So he was an ex Manichaean. And in the Manichaean system, you have a kingdom of darkness and you have a kingdom of light and they battle it out there. It's a dualistic forces. But in Platonism, evil is the deprivation of the good. And so it's not like there's two forces that are eternally in conflict. There's reality and unreality. There's changelessness and change. And the more something changes, the more towards unreality it is. And th this is what we're reading here. This is his system that he gained from the Platonists. Subpart 15, And I looked upon other things, and I saw that they owed their being to you, and that all finite things are in you, but in a different manner. Being in you, not as in a place, but because you are and hold all things in the hand of your truth, and all things are true insomuch as they are, nor is falsehood anything, save that something is thought to be which is not. And I observe that all things harmonize not only with their places, but also with their times, and that you, who alone are eternal, did not begin to work after innumerable spaces of time had gone by, since all spaces of time, spaces past, spaces to come, could neither go nor come if you did not operate and abide. So in this introspective state, using Platonism, Augustine comes to the realization that God is above space and time. God's above predicates. God's above change. And all things are in God. All things are sustained by God. Because remember, God is pure actuality. God is 
uh, pure existence, pure existence. And everything that exists has some basis in pure existence. So in that sense, God maintains the entire universe. This is what's going on in his mind. This is what he's thinking about. Scrolling down, you have created good and suited to the lower parts of your creation, to which lower parts indeed the wicked themselves are well suited, insofar as they are unlike you, though they become suited to the higher parts as they grow more like you. This is the Platonic ascent. So if you care and have lusts and have greed and care about the physical material world, the lower you are in your ascent to the one. And But the more you start focusing and thinking about uh, the spiritual matters. You start your introspection. You start uh, getting rid of everything material, getting rid of the material world, uh, throwing it aside and not caring about these concerns. The more you do that, the more you ascend. Remember in Augustine's own life, he cared quite a lot about sex. He has the famous quote uh, that give me chastity, but not yet. But in Augustine, they weren't necessarily evil in themselves. There's, there's the whatever exists has a, some goodness in it, but those pursuits would bring you lower in your ascent. So you had to rid yourself of these pleasures, these pursuits. It, he, he writes this basically so that when I now ask what is iniquity, I realize that it was not a substance, but a swerving of the will, which is turned towards lower things. And away from you, O God, who are the supreme substance, so that it casts away what is most inward in it, and swells greedily for outward things. His entire system, uh, Augustine's entire system, is Platonic ascent, Platonic hypostasis, rooted in the Platonic idea of God as pure actuality, simplicity, unchangeableness, uh, outside space and time, which the entire world is a reflection of. His entire system of metaphysics is Platonistic. And he tells us, he's still, he's still telling us what he got from these books. This is He's going to conclude it coming up here in subpart 20. But he's telling us what he's getting from the Platonists. And we reread it. We could read Plotinus. This is the same stuff. On the same note, he says, uh, Yet I did not stably enjoy my God, but was ravished to you by your beauty, yet soon was torn away from you again by my own weight, and fell again with torment to lower things. Carnal habit was that weight. Yet the memory of you remained with me, and I knew without a doubt that it was you to whom I should cleave, though I was not yet such as could cleave to you. Augustine's conversion to Christianity, as he writes in the Confessions, is basically giving up sex. His conversion to chastity, in his mind, is his conversion to Christianity. This is how thoroughly Platonic his mindset is. Giving up this passion of the flesh brings him to the Christian God. Platonism. Scrolling down, inquiring then what was the source of my judgment, when I did so judge, I had discovered the immutable and true eternity of truth above my changing mind. Thus, by stages, I pass from bodies to the soul, which uses the body for its perceiving, and from this to the soul's inner power, to which the body senses present external things, as indeed the beasts are able, and from there I passed on to the reasoning power, to which is referred for judgment, which is received from the body's senses. He's, he's talking about his ascension experience. He's transcending these levels of Platonistic senses, this, this, these levels of degradation. He's, he's experiencing a reverse order ascent to the intellectual world. 
This too realized that it was mutable in me and rose to its own understanding. Anything that's mutable pulls him down. So as you get rid of those mutable pieces, you move up. It withdrew my thought from its habitual way, abstracting from the confused crowds of phantasms that it might find what light suffused it, when with utter certainty it had cried aloud that the immutable was to be preferred to the mutable. He's getting immutability from Platonism. This is the concept of simplicity. God cannot change. God is a single, simple substance. For if it had not come to some knowledge of the immutable, it could not have known it as certainly preferable to the mutable. What changes is corrupt. What changes can be corrupted. What changes doesn't truly exist. Remember, we've already read this in Augustine. Thus, in the thrust of the trembling glance, my mind arrived at that which is. Well, he, he completed a scent. Then, indeed, I saw clearly your invisible things, which are understood by the things that are made. But I lacked the strength to hold my gaze fixed, and my weakness was beaten back again, so that I returned to my old habits, bearing nothing with me but a memory of delight and desire, as for something of which I had caught the fragrance, but which I had not yet the strength to eat. He can't hold his platonic ascent. His uh, material lusts keep pulling him down. Let's read this. We, we've talked about this already. We're in subpart 18. So I set about finding a way to gain the strength that was necessary for enjoying you, and I could not find it until I braced the mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who is over all things God blessed forever, who was calling unto me and saying, I am the way, truth, and life, and who brought into union with our nature that food which I lacked the strength to take as the word was made flesh. What Christianity added to Augustine's Platonism was Jesus. Now we're down to subpart 20. Now that I've read the books of the Platonists and had been set by them towards the search for a truth that is incorporeal, this is, this is what he got from the books of the Platonists. We, we're finishing up this section. He's telling us he got his system of who God is, the nature, character, the function of God as eternal immutability, eternal simplicity, pure substance outside of time. These things he got from the Platonists. Now that I've read the books of the Platonists and have been set by them towards the search for a truth that is incorporeal, I came to see your invisible things which are understood by the things that are made. I was at a standstill, yet I felt what through the darkness of my mind, I was not able to see. I was certain that you are and that you are infinite, but not as being diffused through space, whether finite or infinite, that you truly are and are ever the same. This is what he got from the plainness, his idea of God, who God is, the nature, substance, metaphysics of God. He's telling us what he got from the plainness. This is what the books of the plainness told him. As we've read already, the Platonist books did not give him Jesus, but gave him God. His concept of God, straight from Plotinus. You truly are and are ever the same, not in any part or by any motion different or otherwise. Pure simplicity. He got pure simplicity from the Platonists. And I knew that all other things are from you from the simple fact that they are at all. Of these things, I was utterly certain. Yet, he was talking about how any change is unreality, any motion is unreality, and the more pure, the more simple, the less changeable something is, the more reality it contains. These are the ideas he got from Platonism. Scrolling down, he starts talking about what happens if he would have stuck with Platonism without Christ. 
He says, where was that charity which builds us up upon the foundation of humility, which is Jesus Christ? Or when would those books have taught me that? Yet I think that it was your will that I should come upon these books before I had made the study of scriptures. That it... Now, this is key. Let's keep in mind this, this next sentence. Let's, let's focus on this. Yet, I think it was your will that I should come upon these books, the books of the plainness, before I had made a study of the scriptures, that it might be impressed on my memory how they had affected me. He's saying, I think God, I think you gave me these books of the plainness to tell me how to read the Bible. He says, to be impressed on my memory how they had affected me, so that when later I should have become responsive to you through your books with my wounds healed by the care of your fingers, I might be able to discern the difference that there is between presumption and confession between those who see what the goal is but do not see the way and those who see the way which leads to that country of blessedness which we are meant not only to know but to dwell in. If... I had been first formed by your holy scriptures so that you had grown sweet to me through their familiar use and had come later upon these books by the plainness, they might have swept me away from the solid ground of piety. He says, if I, if I had started with the Bible, if I had started studying the Bible and then later came to the books of the plainness, I would have converted to Platonism and wouldn't be a Christian. But because he was able to get the books of the Platonists first, understand Platonism, incorporate their metaphysics into his later reading of the Bible, in that way, only in that way, could he remain a Christian. And even if I had remained firm in that disposition, which for my health scripture had taught me, I might perhaps had thought that the same disposition could have been acquired from those books if a man studied them alone. Everything that Plotinus got, he could have got from Platonism except Jesus. This is what he's saying here. Platonism has the key to all reality minus Jesus. So let's cover some key facts here. In, in summary, let's, let's talk about what Augustine actually got from the Platonists. He tells us, this is not guesswork. This is not us trying to connect loose dots. He wrote a biography. He told us all about Platonism. He loves Platonism, highly endorses it, talks positively about it throughout, throughout his works. We, we really need to have an episode where we go through other references to Platonism. Read his On Christian Doctrine. This is Platonism. He's teaching Platonism. He got his Platonism directly from Plotinus. He read these books. He incorporated these books into his metaphysical worldview. He incorporated primarily concepts of immutability, simplicity, timelessness, something without predicates, without parts, without movements. This is his idea of God that he got, admittably, self-admittably, from the Platonists. The Bible added charity. The Bible added Jesus. The Bible added humility something that the Platonist system lacked. The Platonist system lacked this divine spark. He uses Jesus in his Platonic ascent to reach higher, higher levels of consciousness, to reach higher levels of in the Platonic uh, hierarchy, higher hypostasises, so to say. So this is the purpose of Jesus. Jesus is that divine element. The Gnostics had a divine spark. The Platonists the Platonist Christians had Jesus. Jesus was the divine spark for transcending the levels of existence. The metaphysical system that Augustine applied to the world, he got from the books of the Platonists. 
He could have been a happy Platonist. He could have been, he could have totally rejected the Bible and became a Platonist if he came across the Platonist works after the Bible. Implicit in that, implicit is that the Bible doesn't teach Platonism and he would have rejected the Bible in favor of these better texts, these better texts moving from the inferior to the superior. He would have became a Platonist if he had started in Christianity and then moved on to Platonism because it's a superior metaphysics. Only when he is able to use Platonistic metaphysics and read the Bible in light of, and we read some of his proof texts, we, we could look at the context of those, see if those say what he actually says. Only using those proof texts to mean Platonistic metaphysics was he able to accept the Bible. And he says that elsewhere in Confessions. The Bible was absurd until he read it in light of the Platonists, in light of Platonism. Here's that exact reference, uh, just so that uh, we, we could conclude this in a nice way. I was glad also that the old scriptures of the law and the prophets, which were set before me now, no longer in that light in which they had formerly seemed absurd. When he had first read them, remember, he kind of grew up as a, a semi-Christian with Monica, his mother. He rejected the Bible because he thought it was absurd. The, his literal straightforward reading of the Bible was absurdity. When I criticized your holy ones for thinking this or that, which in plain fact they did not think, it was a joy to hear Ambrose, who often repeated to his congregation, as if it were a rule, he was the most strongly urging upon them, the text, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And he would go on to draw aside the veil of mystery and lay open the spiritual meaning of things which taken literally would have seemed to teach falsehood. If, if you read the Bible literally, it teaches falsehood. This is Augustine's view of the Bible. It's supposed to be taken spiritually. Even Calvin, Calvin criticizes Augustine for this. Calvin was not as much a spiritualizer of the text as Augustine and saw as one of Augustine's shortfalls. So that's actually pretty funny. But Augustine saw the Bible as something to be reinterpreted in light of spiritual truths. And so Platonizing the Bible was no stranger to him, stranger to his system, stranger to what he wanted and how he expected the Bible to behave in his later Christian years, in which, you know, he claims to be Christian, but uh, the Bible doesn't mean what it says, it instead means his Platonism. Anyways, we're going to cut off there for tonight. If you want to talk about Platonism, talk about Augustine's Platonism, talk about any of these things, um, there is the comment section here on YouTube. We could start a thread on the God is Open Facebook page. Thank you for listening.